he wouldn't have made nearly as big of a mess when he pooped himself. No. no <laughs> All over the Vindicator's uh, little conference oh, room or God, whatever. Oh, <laughs> so disgusting. <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdburger! Episode... 456. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And I, as always, am Ando Valentine. Welcome back, Ando! Thank you, as always, for having me on, Mike. Always a pleasure to uh, be part of the show, The Burger of Nerd. Episode... Four, five, six, huh? That's a, only <laughs> kind the, of all in a line like that. Only I like the, it. It's only On the fifth numbers like that. Only the fifth time that that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Aren't you honored to be here? I am for this momentous I mean, I was occasion. Of... Me on show four twenty as well. No. So. <laughs> well, okay. That that truly was a momentous occasion. Numbers in a row. Not it so was. Much. <laughs> And yes, it is. It is five times because I'm counting episode zero one two. I was about to say it'd be a lot more than five times if you count all the two digit numbers, because then it'd be twelve, then twenty three, then thirty four, and so on. No, I was going with the three the three digit format. Okay, okay. Gonna be a stickler for it. <laughs> uh, if yeah, if I'm anything, it's a stickler. A stickler in the muddler. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a ding oh. and a uh, and a drum sting. Did I hit the ding? I thought I hit the ding. I didn't before. hear the ding. Okay, it, maybe it was muted I did this time. It's been getting muted on the uh, headphone cable for the iPad. Oh, I need more room. Anyway, so what's up? What's new? It's been a while since we talked. Oh wow. Yeah, it has. I, I was just—we were just talking before we started recording about how I missed the last uh, rotation. I had a lot going on, and I just didn't jump in. So, uh, last time that I was on was the one where I was a horrible guest who like <laughs> forgot to set an alarm and woke up after you'd already started recording on your own. I was like, "Wait, wait for me! I'm here!" Yeah, there are 15 very boring minutes of me trying to do this show by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good which thing. I'm sure you woke up, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure I'm probably going to make it in a Frankenburger in about, you know, 10 years. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. The 10, 15, somewhere around there. Somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, hello again from Denver, Colorado. Um, we have had some interesting times out here. You know, one of the many factors that led to me wanting to move out here was, you know, I lived all my life in Georgia up to this point, and I hated the uh, climate and the weather patterns and always said that summers were too hot, the, the winters never got enough snow, and so wanted to move out here to Denver where it should be better. And I moved out here in July in the middle of a really hot summer, <laughs> and then... My first winter here, we literally break an over 80-year record for the longest time before our first snow of the year, which just happened yesterday as of the time of recording. Oh, okay. I, I misread your email. I thought you had a, a very early snow. You had a very late snow. No, no. It has basically the, our first snow this year was December 10th, as far as that goes. 
it is not unusual for it to snow on Halloween out here. Right. I was going to say end, end of October, beginning of November, probably. Yeah. So it had the last time that basically we literally have broken the record for the longest. The, the longest previous to this was in the 1880s. Wow. So like I moved out here to get away from the heat and move into snow and it was hot and the snow took longer than usual <laughs> to get here. So I was like, curse you. <laughs> well, you picked the wrong year. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's been like just mild and a little bit extra rainy here all year. <laughs> mm. You may also notice since the last time that we talked, there is something missing. Oh, Right I hadn't here. noticed it until you just pointed it out. You only just noticed that I shaved my beard. <laughs> well, your hair is much longer and blonde now. And so yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I think uh, I was I distracted by that beard back in September. After the abnormally uh, well, it's warm only blonde summer, because, you know, it was, <laughs> it, it actually was purple and pink and there's still some I can see remnants that, yeah. of it here, but, uh, yeah, it's just that all the colors faded out, so it's just the stuff that got bleached to put the color in. Yeah. So, but in any case, yes, I, I shaved my beard off back in September. A um, few different reasons I did it, but one of the things is, you know, just it, it is kind of, you know, when you're around the public, even in a place as queer-friendly as Denver, sometimes it's hard to get people to use uh, she-her pronouns with someone who's got a beard, so. Yeah. So uh, that's part of it. It wasn't the whole reason, but it's part of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, actually, um, I know that I mentioned last time I was around that um, I you know, started working for an escape room out here. Um, I have recently gotten a promotion. I am now the assistant manager Yay! at our Denver location. You had, uh, I think the last time we talked, you had anticipated that that might happen. Yeah, it, it was never really a question of if, because I have the experience and and they like, you know, could tell that I know what I'm doing, but it was just a matter of, I was a complete unknown that they hired from, you know, 2000 miles away. I kind of had to do, spend a little time training up and proving that I really do kind of, you know, know my stuff, but uh, it was always kind of a win, not an if. And um, a, as we were heading towards the end of November, it was like, yeah, it's time. You're a system manager. Now. <laughs> so Cool. Well, congratulations. Which, it's not only a, you know, promotion in, in, you know, title, which naturally would come with raise, but I'm even now salaried instead of uh, hourly. So that's also. Nice. <laughs> so let's see. Um, gosh, that's Denver updates in general and kind of my, my life in a nutshell there. Um, been doing a lot of, uh, I, I think I mentioned when I was on uh, most recent time that my social life has kind of revolved around going to karaoke, which yes. is, which is nice. It's fun. Um, so, uh, I was, I was mentioning this before we started recording, I'm going to go in, uh, and, and bring it up. Um, so, uh, with a do recent you, spike in, do you want me to COVID, pretend like, I don't know what that is that you're going to show me? <laughs> you don't have to, I know you, let's, I let's do it for fun. <laughs> and of course we'll leave this in. Yes, um, it's not like there's, it's not like we're a, a, a visual podcast, <laughs> but um, so we have a, uh, because of a recent uh, spike in COVID cases, the County of Denver has reinstituted a public mask mandate. So um, got a mask up in public places that includes the bar where we do karaoke. So starting to learn how to sing through a mask, which is not fun, but you know, better than, than the alternative. But uh, the the host of the karaoke events 
uh, decided to take things an extra step. So since we're pretending you don't already know, would you like to take a guess what this right here is, Mike? I'm, that I'm people listening can't see. I'm still going to go with my first guess because that's going to tell the people who are listening who can't see what it looks like. But it looks like a black shower cap for a cat <laughs> or a small dog. <laughs> but that's not so, what it is. <laughs> no, no. So this right here is a microphone condom. Um, <laughs> it is made of fabric. It's not like it's, you know, silicone or anything. Yeah, don't try to basically, use it on yourself. <laughs> it is for microphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Microphones. Which are phallic shaped, but that's where the analogy ends. <laughs> so um, we're supposed to put, the, it, we put this on the microphone in addition to wearing our mask when we're singing. And these are like, they, they come in little two packs and he's and the host just has a whole big bowl full of little two packs. So, everyone, so they're in like, uh, are, they, are they clear plastic that you have to rip open so they look, <laughs> it looks like a, like a slightly larger condom? No, no, no oh, not good. like that kind of packages. Um, <laughs> but they, they, um, so uh, everyone has like you, you get your own, and then you're you take it with you in that way because you get to sing multiple times in the night, so you can come back up and just put yours back on. So you know, because you don't share condoms, don't do that, kids. <laughs> not even <laughs> microphone condoms. Um, okay. Again, departing even further from the analogy. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so basically the, the, the thing that's great about that is that because this is a fairly new thing and, you know, it's just kind of the norm that when you finish singing your song at karaoke, people give you a round of applause, they take a bow and then go back to your seat. Um, taking the extra step of taking your condom off the microphone and taking it with you is kind of like a, you know, it's not ingrained in us yet because it's, it's behavior that's new. And so it's very, very uh, common for people to just, finish their song and then walk away leaving this on the microphone so on thursday this past week when i was there we started a uh, we started a crowd chant that i think i actually can be proud of because i think i was the first one that did it um but if somebody leaves the microphone and still has the little god up god <laughs> to get them to come back and take it off which you know when you've got an entire bar full of people shouting condom at you it's 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 motivation to go back to the microphone <laughs> While the the chants of condom condom sound like it's very entertaining, um, I I do have a solution to the problem of people forgetting their microphone condom. Which is what? Well, they're they're black. They can't see them. If they were brightly colored, they would remember. <laughs> oh look, there's this bright pink thing on the microphone that I put on there. I have to remember to take <laughs> it off now because it's black. It just disappears into the background. They don't notice it. I bet you. I bet you that that would that would it wouldn't completely fix the problem, but there would be a statistically significant dent in the number of people (laughs) who leave the microphone condom on. Maybe, but it's a lot of fun to to chant condom condom. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's that's why I started with that because you you know if you if they actually want to solve the problem, there's your answer. But if you want people to keep chanting condom condom, keep using the black ones, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh man. So yeah, I guess that's probably about the the main updates that I've got from my life. Do you wanna hear some news? Yeah, what's the news, Mike? Why? Thanks for asking. <laughs> Let's see. 
I'm going to go with uh, Florida woman. Everybody loves Florida <laughs> woman, right? Yeah, of course we do. Okay. I'm going to leave out some information <laughs> from this and tell for you, dramatic effect, for dramatic effect, tell you the story and then drop that information uh, more, more toward the end or later on in, in the story. Drop here. it like an ugly baby. <laughs> Or like a microphone with a used condom on it. <laughs> that happened on Thursday. Somebody dropped <laughs> a microphone with a condom on it. Well, I hope it helped break the fall. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. A Florida woman named Patsy Morell uh, was arrested for allegedly, although allegedly. this is less allegedly than usual because they have <laughs> they have they have the receipts as the kids like to say um targeting her ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend in an auto vandalism spree so about uh i think about three months ago uh the ex uh the, the boyfriend who was the boyfriend at the time and patsy broke up and then he started dating uh, a new girl and uh and patsy got upset about this and one night uh she went over to let's see what's his name Stephen Hughes. She went over to Stephen's house where she found Stephen's 2011 Chrysler and Stephen's new girlfriend, Michelle Busman Bayo, like Scott Bayo, Bayo, Busman Bayo. <laughs> it's spelled like Scott Bayo, Busman Bayo. Um, her uh, 2020 BMW, ooh, fancy, parked in the driveway. What do you, what do you think Patsy did to the cars? Well, let's see. If country music is to be believed, probably something involving destructive behavior like keys or maybe even because we're talking about Florida woman here. So, you know, this could even get into bodily fluids of some sort. So uh, you were you were right to 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 skip past the the, the, the standard stuff, keys, tire slashing okay. and, go, and go to the Florida woman place. Yeah. But I, you went a little bit too far. <laughs> it's it's weirder than bodily <laughs> take, fluids. take it back just a little bit well it, or, did you go too far or not far enough or or maybe you just you went the same distance but down a different fork in the in, in that road <laughs> let's see she poured oil into the air oh, vents and wrote the words loves kinky sex and womanizer on the windows in pink lipstick she also uh slammed into his rear bumper with her car they know this because they found her car at a at a auto body shop nearby with his paint on it mm. <laughs> on her front bumper. Um, That's telling. Yeah, uh, the girlfriend, <laughs> the BMW, uh, Michelle, her car got oil poured on it. Uh, a dead raccoon left on the hood because, <laughs> of course, you know what was that? Her dinner that night. The dead raccoon. <laughs> Who's walking around with a dead raccoon? <laughs> they don't. They don't. Uh, I mean, go, I go into any maybe detail. She found it instead of like. I hope so. <laughs> oh look, there's a dead raccoon right there in the street. I'll go grab that with like, some gloves on, hopefully. And Jeez. and yeah. uh, she had some lipstick left, <laughs> so she used it to write slut on the girlfriend's car unfortunately for uh there's too many people in this patsy uh, unfortunately for patsy 
yeah, her cell phone GPS data w- was was going this whole time, and so when the when the cops got a hold of that, they were able to place her at the scene at the time on the night of the vandalism. So she's been uh, arrested. <laughs> now the kicker to this story. Yeah, I I can imagine. <laughs> the kicker here is uh is that Patsy is seventy six. Her ex-boyfriend, Stephen, is 74, and his new girlfriend, Michelle, 64. Wow, the kick cheese. Now, wh- what what age were, were you picturing everyone in, in this as I was telling you the story? Uh, <laughs> 20s, maybe? I mean, to be, to be, well, to be fair, I was thinking maybe, you know, as far as into the early 30s. Yeah. That's where I was thinking, uh-huh. but jeez. Yeah, yeah, double that, <laughs> and then some. Yeah. <laughs> It is Florida. Wow. <laughs> this did not, wow. as far as we know, occur at the villages, though. So that's that's the next step for wow. craziness for the story, is if it had happened at the villages. But no, this was uh, near Tampa, I think. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so as a, as a digression, as a side note, um, I know that it's kind of a common trope to the whole Florida man or Florida woman and it makes it seem like people from Florida are crazy. And I'm not trying to say that there's not some amount of that. But I have also heard from someone who who knows the stuff from Florida uh, that part of the reason that we hear all this crazy from Florida is that their, uh, pu- their like criminal um, records are public uh, public records. They're public. Domain. Yeah. So well, that's where this came from was the, the smoking gun. Right. So the point is that news outlets in other states, basically, unless something is made public, they don't see it. But the criminal records are just all public record in Florida. So basically, if they're having a slow news day, they just like search for, well, what's what's the crime stuff happening in Florida? And there's usually something crazy. So there's probably crazy like that happening all over the country, too. But we just aren't hearing about it as much from other states because they keep their dirty laundry kind of more tucked away. And Florida's just like... Screw it. We don't care. Yeah. We've had a couple of, uh, you know, Georgia man, Georgia woman, and, you know, Kentucky, Alabama. It's usually in the South, though. <laughs> but yeah, the vast majority of them come from Florida. But that's interesting to hear that uh, you may have the reason for it. <laughs> yes. Oh, shoot. I have another I have another story. News, news story here, but it, now it says updated. Do I have to read? Where's the update? God forbid I report inaccurate news Hang on. something that's out that's not right yeah we are uh, nerd burger it prides itself on its journalistic integrity damn it <laughs> if you heard it on nerd burger you can trust it okay no the update is that uh they expanded upon their uh their lame statement it looks like so i'm gonna go with this <laughs> all right <laughs> hey it's are a you, lame statement are you familiar with tile the tile, the little tracker things. Uh, tile, tile, T I L E. No, they're little nope. Bluetooth tracker things, like you put on your keychain or whatever. No, no, yeah. I have you not heard, even of, heard of them. Wow, have you heard of Air Tags, no. which is Apple's I don't version so. of, <laughs> of that? <laughs> I must be sadly uninformed. Wow. No, I haven't heard of these. So yeah, they're little plastic uh, Bluetooth trackers that you can put on items. Usually your keychain or, you know, if you have a computer bag or something like that, luggage, um, you can stick them in your kid's backpack, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but you have to be within range of them, right? 
for it to work. Like it, so if you lose your keys or in you your play house, subcutaneously in your children, you know, you know. <laughs> well, then you have to be in range of your children, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so Apple comes out with AirTags, and it uses, you know, their privacy focused, you know, stuff. Their network of mm-hmm. Find My, they call it all of, like the way to find your iPhone, find your watch, yeah. find your Mac, and all that. So it ties in with all of that. So it uses that that network to ping off of other things securely, so that you don't need mm-hmm. to be in the same house as your thing. So like you can track your, if somebody steals your laptop bag, you can track it online until they find the air tag and throw it in the sewer. <laughs> and then it stops. <laughs> so, so tile was like the, the original thing of, of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, right. they have been, let's see, purchased. They were purchased or they, they, they were purchased by some company called life 360. Uh, let's see. What does Life 360 do? It builds itself as a family safety platform app that is meant to allow family members to keep tabs on one another with tracking software that's installed on smartphones. Uh, and there are, you know, Android and iPhone apps for it. Used by 33 million people around the world. And okay, so because that's not creepy or stalkery at all. Well, it's it's supposed to be. Again, it's for family members, for parents to mm-hmm. track their kids. So this is. Because that's not creepy or stalkery at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. The helicoptering, it's quite severe yeah. nowadays. Um, we've discussed that at, at, on the show about the mm-hmm. my, my neighbors who have kids. They, you know, literally two, two blocks away in a closed off subdivision. <laughs> they, they all park at the entrance to the subdivision off the main road and wait for their kids to get dropped off by the bus so that they don't have to walk in the fresh, sunny, clean air <laughs> two blocks to their house. Two blocks or less to their house. Yeah. Jeez. Lame. <laughs> so, the, the this is for these people. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, anyway, they bought Tile. Kind of makes sense. Tile makes these little trackers. They have the network that can expand beyond your local area, your local house, right? So, right. I don't know how it works, but Anyway, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> magic. Uh, <laughs> two former employees have uh, said that they are one of the largest uh, sources of uh, location data in the industry, and uh, that they they just they just sell it off. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, selling location data from both children and adults to a dozen different data brokers that then provide the data to other third parties. <laughs> They uh, express concern that uh, there's no safeguards for how that data is used or misused, as the case may be. Uh, they also and claim probably is yeah that the company does not take precautions to ensure that location histories cannot be traced back to individuals. Uh, the most obvious user identifying information is removed, but Life 360 does not aggregate data or reduce precision to preserve privacy. I'm just reading words now on a page. <laughs> I assume you you understand more of that than I do. Um, yeah, basically the point is they're saying we don't care about your privacy, and we will. You know, we're not promising not to use your data in creepy, stalkery ways, right. or sell it to other companies who will use it well, in I creepy, stalkerish ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go out and buy some air tags now because uh, <laughs> Tile made that choice real easy by getting bought by <laughs> these people. Jeez. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all for news today. 
Oh, so we had so we had Florida Woman news and we had uh, Big Brother Tech news. Yes, that's that that's about the size of it these days, huh? I, I also had like the the etymology of the word beaver from the last time you were on. But I don't know what happened to that link. Like I go, I very I pain, painstakingly <laughs> like create folders for every episode and I put the episode number and the name. And if I don't know what the episode number is yet, because I haven't scheduled you, but I, I find a story that like, oh, that's a good story for Ando. I'll make a folder that says four because we're in the 400s dash dash mm-hmm. Ando. And then I'll fill in the number later. And I thought that's what I did. But the, the article's gone. I don't know what happened to the hmm. bookmark. Gosh, I had forgotten that we had talked about that. Or, I mean, are we talking about? I, I'm guessing we're not talking about the uh, the the charming uh, bucktooth animal here. We were looking at the etymology of using it for the other way, right? Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. This is. I think this is the site that I had. I'm I'm bookmarking in in your folder again. <laughs> so again. I don't. So I don't lose it again. <laughs> Get your shit together, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, this is the third definition for beaver. The second one is a lower face guard of a helmet. Really? I have to say, I did not know that. Er, er, well, early 15th century. Oh, okay. <laughs> so back in the days, that was what they yeah. called <laughs> But uh, number three says female genitals. Get that beaver down over your face, soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Right away, sir. (laughs) No problem complying with that order, sir. (laughs) Oh, I interesting that that definition from the 15th century that i imagine isn't even used anymore is literally above the definition you're about to read right i, I find it really interesting it's, go ahead yeah it's between the large amphibious rodent and this one <laughs> quote female genitals especially with a display of pubic hair by 1927 british slang ultimately from the original, perhaps transferred from earlier meaning a bearded man, or directly from the appearance of split beaver pelts. God. <laughs> so what are they saying? Like the the mouth is like a sideways vagina? Is that <laughs> I I uh, I don't know. Split. Oh god. Nice split beaver pelt. <laughs> Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Anyway. <laughs> can't can't be the episode title because we did something like that last time yeah oh my god oh on that note (laughs) what else you got for us god oh jeez well speaking of good places oh I wasn't even going to go there, Dad. Just, I was going to go okay. to the, the escape room thing. <laughs> Let's do the escape room thing. Okay. So um, as I've already mentioned, I work for an escape room. Uh, that in case there happens to be any listeners either in the Denver area or who travel to the Denver area, it is called Epic Escape Game. 
um, two locations, one in downtown Denver, which is the one I work for, and one in Greenwood Village, which is about half an hour south. Anyway, we have... Is that, is that uh, near the Casa Bonita? I do not know. Yes, I've heard about that story, but I mean, I told you I about that. Some... Yeah, yeah. We talked about it last time. Yeah, I think you ha- you had heard about it before we talked about it, but then you heard about it again. Yeah. Okay, moving along. <laughs> because of uh, last year's obvious uh, lockdowns and restrictions and stuff, uh, there was, you know, a period of time where we were completely shut down. Obviously, this is before I worked for us, but I'm still kind of refer us to, to refer to us as we because, you know, we're here now. I'm the assistant manager here now. But um, during that you time, have, you have we, we rights. Yeah, I, I do have we rights. Yeah, we rights. That sounds <laughs> we white. You you want to say we whites? <laughs> and you're like, are you trying to say rewrites? But you have rotism, rotism, or whatever. No, I was thinking more along the lines of we as a uh, euphemism for peeing, and so like I don't know <laughs> rights to we. <laughs> This is three times I've cracked you up so far. I'm on a roll today. <laughs> um, gosh, what was I saying? Oh, right. Last year, um, during uh, during some of the you know restrictive uh, shutdowns and stuff, we of course had to shut down for public business, but didn't want to completely lose the business. So um, the escape rooms, uh, and I get the impression this is uh, kind of you know. Across the industry, a lot of escape rooms did this during lockdowns um, when people couldn't necessarily come out and do them in person because, you know, escape rooms are kind of, generally speaking, a get together and do it in person public activity, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, a lot of escape rooms, and we were one of them, uh, started offering uh, online virtual escape rooms. And there's a few different ways that those can take place. Um, there are, there were some escape rooms, actually, uh, EEG did not do this, but some escape rooms literally started doing a thing where they had like, I don't know, maybe a GoPro or something that an employee would take and literally stream walking into the escape room and the customers would tell them what to do and they would just do it in the room physically right there. Um, that's not the way that we did it, but I, I know some escape rooms had that offering. Um, we had uh two different offerings that we started doing one of them uh from what i understand uh came about from this wasn't like from us but we like bought the the room um but like literally put a 3d camera in an escape room and took a 3d picture to make like you know and and you could play an escape room almost like a point and click adventure game um you know switching your camera clicking on things and that kind of stuff and then there is another offering that we are calling audio fantasy escape rooms Okay, and those kind of play out almost like a uh, a D and D or any RPG session over Zoom. So we get people in a Zoom call, and we have like uh, pictures, image assets, maps, and close ups of of you know puzzles and and you know crumpled up pieces of paper with writing on them, your clues and that kind of stuff. And we have a, a clue master like me just uh, sitting there and it, like in an RPG will dictate, you know, you see this and here's a you know, copy and a link to here's the image that shows you what you see. And then they say, well, I want to exit, you know, look closer at this item. And so I put the image of that up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so it is a, an escape room because they're, they're puzzles and the, the, the goal of, the, of having a timed objective. Um, but it's something that you can do from home, just as long as you have an internet connection. So 
Um, it's really neat. Um, I have uh, trained on how to run two of those, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, being someone who has GM'd many an RPG game in my day, that's uh, it's right up my alley, you know. So, since this is you know the second escape room that I've worked for, um, people have some of my friends have asked me in the past, you know, like, oh, one of these days are you going to design your own escape room? And my answer to that has always been like, well, probably not, because like I do have you know creativity, but most of my creativity is more in like storyline. Not so much with creating a puzzle from scratch. I mean, even in my, you know, running a D&D game or something, I have, you know, I borrow puzzles from things that I read online. I don't necessarily, you know, know how to really design a puzzle from scratch. It's not my, not in my wheelhouse. Um, and You're more at my time, broad strokes, big picture. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And while I was working at the escape room, I did come up with an idea uh, for an escape room that was actually very ambitious because it was a three-part escape room. The idea being that um, in the same physical location, there was a story that played out in three parts. And so you'd come and you'd play part one. And, you know, the, I even tried to make it um, such that it didn't really matter whether you win or lose each individual part, that the, the story could continue no matter what you did it's just that if you won more than you didn't win then you'd have a better ending and if you lost the games then it would have a, a less good ending. you know not okay. quite a happy but that was not very easy to consider designing and escape rooms in general just no matter what it is an escape room in general is going to be time consuming and expensive to build and some of the stuff that would have you know my story was kind of ambitious and the, the guy who built all of our escape rooms at the escapery at the time was, you know, he looked at my idea and he liked it on paper, but it was just like, this would be like prohibitively expensive to try. And oh, I just, I can't. <laughs> Why? I know. I, well, I mean, so basically because it would take place over three very different time periods and the types of puzzles it would have, like a lot of custom props, like it was just, it, it sounds good up in my head, but trying to make it happen would be pretty expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, um, uh, so then um, I just kind of, I sort of put that on the back burner. I didn't try and do anything with it. And um, when I came out here to Colorado and started working for Epic Escape Game, I had another idea that was basically kind of adapting one of my favorite computer games of all time to uh, an escape room um which but is? again as i which is zork nemesis by the way that is one of my all-time favorite computer games Z um, zorg or zork Z zork z-o-r-k zork nemesis specifically so as a brief digression the zork uh series is several games long and it goes the original zork was back in like the 1980s in the days of text-based uh, adventures <laughs> and there were literally five zork games that were um text-based that had no graphics whatsoever wow and then the of not even those games but back in the days when uh dos games started having graphics and you could use a mouse but it was still a dos game so the graphics were like really 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 you know dated and very pixely uh -huh. and stuff i remember <laughs> yeah, so there was one Zork game called um, uh, called Return to Zork that was in that style. And then the next Zork game was in the days of Windows 95, and that was Zork Nemesis. 
And then they did another one, Zork Grand Inquisitor, and that's the end of the Zork line. They haven't done any more games then. Um, but Nemesis is one of my all-time favorite computer games ever. I love that game so much. I've played it I don't know how many times. I've lost track of how many times I've played it. Um, I even adapted it into my long-running D&D campaign at one point. There was an arc that basically did the same, you know, did, did a lot of, hit some of the same beats as Zork Nemesis. And it's an interesting enough story that I thought that I could do something similar to what I did in my D&D group uh, and actually adapt it into maybe an escape. And so I did a write-up that sort of, you know, abstracted what the 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 rooms themselves, like what was part of the room and the kind of overall story flow. But again, I, didn't, I felt bogged down in trying to think of puzzles. And so I figured, again, if I'm going to try to make an escape room, I need somebody who knows how to do the puzzles to help me figure that out. And even then, I thought, once again, I feel like if I were to truly try to pitch this to the owner as, hey, can we try to build this next time we want to swap out one of our rooms? It would be um, between space, because this would take a lot of just physical space, and the cost to build all of these like custom props and puzzles would probably be prohibited. I actually did show the owner my, my conceptual pitch there, and she likes the story idea, but again, I didn't have any details about puzzles yet, and so she just kind of said, you know, if you, get, if you come up with anything more about this, you know, let me know. But it's kind of, the ball's been in my court, and I haven't really messed with it much you gotta until learn. last. I was going to say, you got you to learn how to make those puzzles. So last night, I started thinking about this again, and it was one of those things, kind of like I've talked about the origins of Shadows of a Dark Past, where I was thinking of rewriting it, you know, the original, like, really crappy fan fiction novel into a better fan fiction novel but then sort of that eureka moment of, or i can make it an audio drama you know i had a very similar eureka moment of i could do this escape room or i could <laughs> try to do a virtual escape room out of it uh-huh. because then there would be no cost as associated with building props there would be no physical space required to put it into no complicated electronics or anything like that um all i'd have to do is use is make like some visual elements that between tools like incarnate and gimp i can easily do that myself at no cost anybody and much faster than it would take to you know <laughs> construct physical custom props um so rather than the like month that it could conceivably take or month plus that it could conceivably take to build a physical escape room and like depending on how well my creative juices flow and my timing i could you know throw together a, a decent online escape room in like a week at almost no cost whatsoever except some of my time and so i started really trying hard to think about what kind of puzzles to put in and it's also nice that you could theoretically even have puzzles that you literally couldn't do in a physical space exactly you know? not not just so, expensive puzzles but <laughs> yeah things that like use items that don't exist in our real world or you know do things the, that are you know yeah, contrary to the laws of physics and yeah right that kind of stuff <laughs> so even though i still i still argue i am not the best at it 
I genuinely started coming up and I've got about a half dozen puzzles that I have created so far for this, um, for this room. And I've started really putting together a genuine flow to these puzzles. And I, if I can keep that going, I'm hoping that maybe within the next few days, I'll be more at the stage of starting to create the visual assets, you know, putting together maps and, and, you know, any of the clues and puzzles that need a visual aid. Uh, and so, uh, you know, depending on how quickly I can figure it out and, and put the time into creating the assets, like maybe a week or two, I might have my first, uh, first run through ready to to go and and so i i put the call out on facebook last night for some for any of my friends to help me with the testing because you know obviously i'm not expecting my very first time that i say all right i'm done to really be done that means because i i know this from my web developer days that means now i'm ready for testing and testing is going to uncover things i didn't think about People are going to break it. People are going to either say this is too hard or way this it was too easy or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to need to fine tune it or whatever. But after a couple of runs with friends, I think that it's not inconceivable that I could even pitch this as a legitimate uh, offering that EEG has. Um, and it would be, you know, done in-house by me, an Ando Valentine original escape room. Wow. Look at you go. So, <laughs> and it would be uh, my current working title, although, you know, obviously as time goes on, I might, you know, tweak this, but my current working title is The Fate of Alchemists. Okay. Well, so that tells us a little because, about what it's about. Well, if you know, which I, I, I can tell you, you don't, but anyone who knows the computer game Sork Nemesis is already going to know it involves alchemists. That is the the kind of underlying fundamental baseline of that game is alchemy. Well, that's great. Then now you get you get to practice developing your own puzzles in kind of mm -hmm. a virtual bubble without you know real world concerns like cost and practicality, and 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 just yeah. learn how to come up with a puzzle. And then once you once you get good at that, then you can adapt it to the real physical setting there underneath you. <laughs> true but also as long as covid is a thing we're like going in and out of you know mass mandates and shutdowns right. and stuff having virtual offerings as well it's just gonna be good oh yeah and there's no reason why you wouldn't want to have them with without restrictions when people are yeah. coming are coming physically you still have the option for somebody to do it virtually yeah why, why not and yeah and, and like you know people still pay for the virtual offerings, so i can literally help business make money you know Cha-ching! <laughs> yeah. So that's something that is kind of in my in, in in my works that I'm doing right now. Cool. You'll have to keep us updated. Yeah. Next time I'm on the show, I will uh, hopefully you know because it'll it'll be several weeks. I'm hoping next by the time I'm on the show again, I'll have at the very least a uh, slightly fine-tuned version of that of that game ready to go. It may, that maybe some people can can play online absolutely so we can talk I mean, about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean like this is something that it like this it, it is something that i would be directly running for people so it's not like you could just go and do it without 
without a clue master. It's not a video game. There. Right. Right. It's not a video game. It is still, it's close to an RPG. So you still have to, you know, arrange with someone to run you through things and send you the links to the images and tell you the outcomes of the actions you take and that kind of thing. Well, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to, to see what you come up with. You think that you might uh, get a couple of friends and uh, run that with me? Um, well, I'll have to work on getting some friends, but yeah, assuming <laughs> I can, I can. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? So, so even though we only had like one thing we were speculating about, I kind of liked where we were starting to go with, with the, uh, the, the hypothetical there. So let me bring that in. The what if thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, I started. I have. Uh, I've watched through one of the uh, one of the plethora of uh, Marvel um, <laughs> series. Uh, what if I've uh, recently watched through that show, um, which is really good. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, so if you haven't seen it and are kind of curious about what what if is, it is uh, it is a an animated. Marvel series that follows the character that I understand is canonical from the comics called the watcher who sits outside the multiverse and like can watch things happening. And the show sort of takes moments from the MCU and speculates, what if this had gone different than it did in the, in the, the, the movie that it, that it deviated from. Um, and most of the actors are uh, the provide the voices for their characters again? Not all of them, but most of them do. Yeah. So it really is the people for the most part. Yeah, we we um we talked about this with Josh a while oh, okay. back, a while back on the show, and you're 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 activating my memory. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there are a lot, a lot of the the voices are the actual big time yeah. Hollywood celebrity. Which is great. It it, it it lends that sense of concreteness to it, so that it feels like okay, I'm I'm not some cheap knockoff. Like this is actually the you know a Marvel thing. So um, as if the thirty seconds of logos at the beginning didn't you know help. That. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I'm like I know who's I know, I know who the watch I know who who plays the Watcher, but I can't think of the actor's name. Yeah. So. Um, it got me thinking that so so I I watched that recently and also um I, I watch a lot of, of YouTube and there's a couple of channels I watch on YouTube uh that are uh that have to do with Lord of the Rings. Like I'm sure it's no surprise there's lots of Lord of the Rings content on on YouTube. No, um, really? I know, right? And as someone who's uh, who I have to acknowledge, I'm one of those Lord of the Rings fans that has only made it through The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I have not had the wherewithal to actually make it through The Silmarillion. Like, I actually tried to start reading it, and I couldn't even make it through the first chapter. I just, it, it, I got way bogged down. But I am very, very, very acutely aware of the fact that there's a load of lore in that book as well as some other the the writings that tolkien did to like we have letters he wrote to people who asked him questions and stuff that that you know provide context or illumination to questions that one may have if one has only consumed the main stuff in lord of the rings and the hobbit and so youtube provides a great way to you know to, to fill in those gaps without having to slog through the reading myself i can watch <laughs> videos that where people tell you all about the the and Valar stuff. 
And so, um, back, back in the day, those used to be little paperback books with yellow and black covers (laughs) called, called, uh, called Cliff's Notes. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am old enough. I'm, I'm, I'm in that, the, that, that micro generation that comes between Mm -hmm. Gen X and millennial that straddles those. So like my early childhood was closer to, you know, Gen X style, but then the internet came along in my early teenage years. And so I'm not really a millennial, but I kind of have a lot of the same experiences. Just I was a little older than many of them. Yeah, so so if, so if people are saying positive things about millennials, you can say, hey, I'm a millennial. And then if they're saying negative <laughs> things, you can say, no, no, no I'm Gen X. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't I, have anything to do with that. <laughs> so anyway, um, there are a couple of videos in one of the channels that I watch that also provide some speculation. Like there's a few videos like, what if you know in, in the story of the Lord of the Rings, you know Frodo keeps trying to give the ring away to other people more powerful than him, thinking they know what to do with it? And, you know, so Gandalf and Galadriel are two of the main examples of guys to give them the ring, and they're both like, "Well, nope, 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 nope." What if one of them um, had had taken the ring? Exactly. There are there are those there, and I just watched one recently that was, "What if Sauron actually did recover the One Ring? What would have happened if he got it back?" <laughs> well, <laughs> which, by the way. That's, the answer is Middle Earth would have been boned for a while. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> that story has a very sad ending. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Not the bittersweet so sad ending when they all left on the ship. You know, that. not that one, but but a really, really nasty sad ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming, not gently weeping. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the point being that I have not. In the recent history, I have been like watching these Lord of the Rings speculation videos and I've been watching this Marvel speculation show. So, you know, it, it of course sparks these things in my style of brain that's like, you know, I could play that what if game other things as well, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, it makes you it makes you want to do uh, hypotheticals, and I, I I pitched this to Mike as one of the things we could talk <laughs> about today, but I didn't really have any great ideas until uh, we were talking just before the recording started, and uh, you came up with a great one. Um, hit me with it again. Uh, the first thing that came to mind, because I don't know, it's on my mind all the time. <laughs> still, <laughs> was uh, what if uh, Rick Sanchez stayed a pickle? And like fixed his bullet wound and maybe upgraded his rat parts to something better, <laughs> like hamster parts or squirrel parts, and and just kept being a pickle, right? I'm pickle Rick. <laughs> so what would have happened if Pickle Rick had been the the version of Rick that we got through like so much of the <laughs> third and fourth season? Um, I speculated that that eventually, uh, with Rick being sort of who he is and liking to do these upgrades, that eventually you can end up with a situation like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where he just, you know, he's this pickle that's just jammed inside this giant robotic suit, you know? <laughs> yeah, forget forget trying to uh, uh, reanimate, you know, dead body parts of small animals. Like, just go, just go robot. Go full robot, and I said, "Oh, oh, so you mean like, uh, like Snuffles slash Snowball in Lawnmower Man, and uh, you know, and all the other Lawnmower dogs. Dog, Lawnmower Dog. Sorry, <laughs> I did actually see Lawnmower Man the movie, and uh, in the theater, and I wish that I could erase that. Wow, movie. wish I could go back and see any other movie, but I do like Lawnmower Dog. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes from the first season. 
and I've already forgotten what the Rick and Morty storyline is. Oh, it's the Inception thing. Yeah, Rick, yeah. It Rick, was the... Rick proving to Morty why Inception's a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> and getting him an Anne math. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> by, by basically terrorizing Scary Terry. Or, well, then helping Scary, not terrorizing. They, yeah, that's scary. right. That's right. That was the. Yeah. That was that was where it turned. Oh, bitch! <laughs> I think that's that's my favorite scary Terry line. <laughs> well, it's one of mine, but I also love "Sex is Sacred" right before he oh. s- slices up the the centaur in the sex dungeon. <laughs> no, that was uh the those two halves shouldn't be together. And then "Sex is Sacred" is when he oh, yeah. when he kills Mrs. Pancakes. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you do know me. <laughs> and of course, you know, I mean, everybody everybody loves pancakes, right? Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got pancakes back home with syrup on top of them. They're about to hit that critical point of syrup absorption that turns the cakes into a gross paste. Sorry, it's on the same page as the Pickle Rick sound effect, so... <laughs> I saw it. It just says pancakes. And I'm like, is that about Mrs. Pancakes? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I think that's about actual pancakes. But we're recording, so I didn't hit it. So I, I hit it then. And yes, it is about actual pancakes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I need to get a list. Aren't of... all pancakes flying saucer shaped? That's Yeah. The... Wow. There's a lot of pancake references in there, aren't there? <laughs> hmm, I wonder if uh, Harmon and Royland just really love their pancakes. <laughs> Let's see. That's um, no, that's the same episode. The sound clip I played in the uh, yeah, I think so. That's that's uh, uh, I forget what I forget what the names of the early season episodes are called, but that's the one where we meet the uh, the Council of Ricks for the first time. Uh, yeah, they take yeah. him into custody because oh, they think that he. I think he's that's the cl- one. Might be close. Rick counters Rick kind. Yeah, I yeah. Think I think that's that, that one. I think so. That's that's yeah, tons yeah. of pancake references in the first season. Yeah, not so much in later seasons. No. I don't think. Although I have been noticing, uh, they um they threw in another Dodoy in season five. Do you, do you remember <laughs> that from growing up? Like when when you were a kid, did did other kids say Dodoy I mean, instead of Duh? No, no, because <laughs> I I I was homeschooled from fourth grade through twelfth, oh, so right. I. Yeah, yeah. During my early, uh, uh, during those four years, I did go to elementary school. I it was more just duh. Yeah, <laughs> so they didn't really do duh with me. They just did duh. So it seemed like um, I was talking about this with Larry on the show, and um, I think duh duh was around. It was like ubiquitous. Everybody was saying it, but only for a very short time, like one summer or something, and then it completely went away. And I never thought about it again until the end. <laughs> Of season one, episode one, when Jerry has to tell Morty that he's learning disabled. <laughs> well, Dodoy, son. <laughs> and then I don't think they used it again until until one of one of the episodes in in this latest season. It showed up again, but I didn't even I didn't notice it until the second viewing through. I'm gonna have to wow, listen listen even... more for Dodoy. Yeah, I I haven't noticed that. <laughs> Huh. Well, well, if you never heard it growing up, yeah, yeah, it's it's not something that blips on my radar near as as uh, as um, 
obviously as some other you know, saying. Yeah. Oh gosh. So wow. I'm trying. Um, I'm trying to get the list of episodes up, and um, I typed in R I C K space seven space K P R T Y. <laughs> and yeah it <laughs> it suggested rick seven morty rick morty episode seven rick morty episode seven leak which episode seven i guess the most recent season <laughs> episode seven well yeah but episode seven of which season oh of which the i thought you said seventh season yeah that's not going to happen for a while season seven yeah no <laughs> there will be one though. <laughs> there will be a yeah, season eight I, and sure nine and ten. Already contracted, but yeah, hundred. Uh, they'll have a hundred and one episodes, so it'll be exactly a hundred episodes since Rick said Rick and Morty a hundred a hundred times a hundred days. 100, right after Jerry said to Doy, hundred <laughs> <laughs> times Rick and Morty. All right, so after pickle Rick, well, that was the third. Yeah. I, only the third episode of season three. So you have most of season three, all of season four and five. What are some of the, the interesting, okay. So like, you know, I, I, I don't know like every, I don't remember every episode that there are, but like immediately came to mind, you know, was uh, there was an episode that dealt with the Smith family getting Mecca's. So if Rick was still a pickle Rick who already had his own Mecca, would he have been as interested in the the um, other mechas? You talk about the Gotrons. Yeah, yeah. Didn't remember what he called them. Yep the the go the Gotron uh, ferrets. Yeah. <laughs> so would he have been as interested? Would he have just you know, like plugged this pickle into one of those? Would he have been a mech inside a mech? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, well that that's season seven, uh, five, episode seven. Maybe that was the episode they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh yeah if he if he was gonna yeah he would have upgraded himself to a pickle inside of a robot by season five for sure of that, course i would i would be surprised if that hadn't happened by the end of season three of course of course <laughs> where's some of the other episodes from season three i'm blanking out um after pickle rig vindicators three the return of world ender <laughs> oh my gosh oh wow that one pickle in the pickle rick episode he probably would have only had minor upgrades by that point i yeah. would think yeah and he that wouldn't would have been really interesting he wouldn't have made nearly as big of a mess when he pooped himself no, no. <laughs> all over the vindicators a uh, little conference oh, room or God, whatever so disgusting <laughs> this guy gets it <laughs> <laughs> Noob noob. noob noob. Yeah, noob noob. <laughs> oh, and then uh the whirly durly conspiracy. That's the mm. one with Rick and Jerry. The Rick and Jerry adventure. Yeah, 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 where they're on the uh it's like a uh the resort theme park where no planet. one can die. Yeah. Yeah. And then rest and relaxation. Oh, have. the toxic one. Yeah. Toxic Pickle Rick. Oh my gosh, that would be very meta. Toxic Pickle Rick. <laughs> Cuz didn't didn't the toxic versions of themselves weren't they green? Yes, they were green and kind of slimy and drippy, so you can imagine like Pickle Rick would have been like all wilted and like 
wrinkled and stuff. Maybe know? he would have turned purple or something. Hey, shouldn't you be green? Ew. I was already green. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like something that Rick would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Rick Lantis mix up. Oh, well, that one didn't focus on our Rick and Morty, so that one wouldn't have been much different. No, that would that would have been. Yeah, you're right. And then uh, Morty's mind blowers. That would have <laughs> that would have had pickle pickle Rick there in the room with the mind blowers. But then ever all of the flashbacks would have had regular Rick in them. Yeah, so that would have been interesting. The ABCs of Beth. Okay, pickle Rick with space Beth. Oh, but like before, like creating space Beth. <laughs> and the Richturian Morty date, which that's the one with space Beth, isn't it? No, that's the end um, of season four. I'm sorry. Yeah. I get those mixed up. Richurian Mordedit is that the, it involves the, the president again, I'm pretty sure. Oh, and yeah, it, that was the... Um, well, I think that was the first one with the president, wasn't it? No, because he was in Get Swifty. Oh, you're right. Yeah. But this is the yeah, one they where inter- they go, they go to the, the White House. And Morty's trying to get yeah. get a get the president's autograph or get a photo with him or something, yeah. a selfie. Well, it, it, because they're getting tired of, of the president calling them out on ridiculous missions, and they just want to play Minecraft. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Marty a pickle, Mr. President. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> yeah, I can well see Rick trying to use being a pickle as further excuse to get out of doing lame missions for the president. That's a good one, yeah. That could have changed that episode significantly. Yeah, that, that that was one that involved them shrinking to to go talk to the 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 tiny people. Oh yeah, so pretty sure. <laughs> would pickle Rick have shrunk as much, or would he only have shrunk down like ten uh, percent, so that he would have been like a pickle, but the same size as all the other humans? I'm Gherkin Rick. I'm Gherkin Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe I could see that being something that Morty would call him and Rick and, and Rick would like berate him for being <laughs> for, for being ridiculous like he does. No, he would he would correct Morty and say, well, <laughs> because we're all shrunken down relatively, I'm a giant pickle. <laughs> right? I guess, yeah. Well, that was so there fun. You go. There's, there's how season three of Rick and Morty might have played out if Rick had stayed a pickle. <laughs> We can only dream. <laughs> I know they don't. They don't like to uh, repeat anything. You know, they don't. Rick doesn't like mm-hmm. sequels. But pickle, Rick, yeah. pickle Rick has to come back at some point, or he needs to be banana Rick or <laughs> <laughs> carrot Rick or something. They'll never do I, it. <laughs> I, I, I don't have it memor. I don't have his little spiel memorized love when morty is like unimpressed with him being a pickle and he's like why would you do this he's like why would anyone do this Uh like the only reason that anyone could do this which they can't would be to become a pickle which they can't or something like that i can't remember all of his little rant yeah the only reason they would do it which they can't would be because they could which they can't something (laughs) like that yeah quit trying to bring a meaning out of this and just be impressed morty Jeez, you're easy to impress. Nope, that's not the same one. <laughs> I thought I had just be impressed in here, but I guess not. Oh, well. You're not going to regret it. The payoff is huge. I think that's the only other Pickle Rick one I have. <laughs> anyway, does that about do it? Well, uh, real quick before oh, sure. I, I 
Um, I, I, you don't have to obviously delve too deep because I don't think that you've watched the show, so it's not like there's really much. But because you like Rick and Morty, I know that you are not necessarily near the uh, Star Trek fan that I am, as I am holding up my Star Trek uh, T-shirt with the Enterprise with a rainbow behind it. I call it my gay Star Trek shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and I pride myself on having seen every episode of every incarnation of Star Trek, even the crappy movies and the the silly animated series from the 70s. Oh my gosh! Um, and uh, so I I I also am uh, one of those who does not gatekeep. A- more recent to Star Trek canon, like Discovery is one of my favorite incarnations. It's kind of just about to edge out Deep Space Nine is my my absolute favorite. Wow. But there is an incarnation that is fairly approachable, even to someone who isn't super into Star Trek, although it is also very much more enjoyable if one is because of all the references. But it's called Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, and yeah. it Lower Decks is basically like Rick and Morty does Star Trek. Oh, is it? it? It, yeah. So the it's a cart, it's an anime, one, and the anime style is very reminiscent of Rick and Morty. And unlike most live action Star Treks that try, although they often do insert humor here and there, try for the most part to be pretty serious. It is literally a comedy, an irreverent comedy, and. Lower refers to um, the concept of in a starship, you know, you've got your command crew that are on the bridge and are the, the you know, captain and first officer and you know, weapons officer and all those kind of people. And they're the main characters of your TV shows. Um, the lower decks refers to like the nobodies at the bottom of the, uh, the chain of command, your ensigns and, and cadets. And um, so it fo- so lower decks follows a group of these you know nobody ensigns on a <laughs> uh, starship that is not anywhere near the flagship like Enterprise. It's this you know kind of the almost a joke laughing stock stock starship, and you're following the lower decks of the laughing stock starship. So it's basically <laughs> just these people who have no real standing in Starfleet whatsoever. Right, and <laughs> and the humor is very referential and is very rick and morty-esque style and so if one likes rick and morty one would conceive of like lower decks regardless of your star trek not but one of the things that's so cool for someone like me who loves star trek and is very very well acquainted with stories is that the some of the main characters love to reference things that happened in uh you know, in other shows, often with a, a joking or lighthearted tone or sort of like taking an episode that's super serious and sort of poking a hole in it and letting things be funny. And there are even some, even though it's a completely original cast, there are some characters from Star Trek who they're, again, it's animated, but like, for example, Jonathan Frakes, who plays Riker, he voices Riker, who shows up a couple of times in Lower Decks. <laughs> and John Delancey cameos as Q. Nice. So um, it is it is extremely funny, and I highly recommend it, especially for people who like Rick and Morty. And if you already have any knowledge of Star Trek, it's going to be even better. So, Wait, isn't, isn't Q coming back? I do not know for sure. I mean, like, I John Delancey I, is getting older. <laughs> I thought I saw... I thought we saw a preview for something with Q in it. I is it the not trying to dispute is it, it Picard but, season three or season two? I mean, I don't know because I don't like 
watch stuff with commercials, so I haven't seen like previews for things. So it's possible I've missed that. I do know that there is a season two of Picard coming, and I'm looking forward to it because I like yep. season one of Picard. Yeah, not as much uh, as Discovery, but I did like it. I just uh, I just looked that up, and it's um February is when Picard season two premieres, and so because we're we're not watching anything else on Paramount Plus, but I will get it to watch Picard season two. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that, that's when I will definitely check out lower decks. There are two seasons of lower decks right now. I have seen both of them and, and, and I love, them. <laughs> let's see. Yep. Delancey's returning his cue in season two of Picard. Woo! You, see, you told me something I didn't know. And wow! that was super excited because I love Q. So, <laughs> and it doesn't shock me because goodness knows he was enough of a foil for Picard all throughout next generation that it surprises me. Absolutely. Not at all that he shows up again in Picard's life. It's it's too good. Yeah, I think they there was a trailer for it that we watched, and like right at the end, it's got Q Q's voice <laughs> echoing, and it's like oh, that was Q. Oh my God, Q's coming back. Yeah, because I always <laughs> um, I've always said that 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 the last movie with the Next Generation people should have had Q in it, like they should have. <laughs> They should have not done Insurrection because that so, one sucked um, and skipped ahead and done next, the last movie with the young Picard who was with the... the. That's Nemesis, not Insurrection. That's Nemesis. They should have skipped Insurrection, done Nemesis as the second to last movie, and then done the last movie with Q. <laughs> but anyway. So the, the first Next Generation era movie, which was Generations, yep. the one that kind of bookended and started with the classic era people, um, point where Picard is taken into the Nexus uh, towards the end of the movie. And uh, of course, it should probably not be a surprise that me and my parents went and saw that in the theaters when it came out. I mean, of course. Yeah. And I heard someone in the row behind me at the very beginning of the Nexus sequence as Picard's got the blindfold on and he's being spun around, you know, in the Christmas uh, scene. Yep. I heard someone behind me starting to whisper, like, this is going to be cute. Q's behind the next. It's got to be Q, right? And I was like, <laughs> I don't think so, but that would have been a really neat twist to have Q in this. <laughs> yep, yep. It's just a shame uh, that they that they never brought him back after the final episode of the series. So I I have headcanon that Q is absolutely one of the main protagonists of Next Generation. And yes, because he's, you know, the Q continuum is so much more powerful. Yes, he sometimes takes a cavalier attitude towards the lives of individual humans. But you notice that he bends over backwards to help Picard save the race as a whole. Yes. he. I think he sees so much in humanity and he is absolutely the protagonist. And I think it's very interesting how, you know, he shows up in literally one and only one episode of Deep Space Nine, but Cisco does not like, you know, he doesn't rise to Q's like prodding. And so Q's, I, he, it's, it's not ever said explicitly, but my uh, feeling in my gut says that Q's like, well, you're no fun. I don't want to go play with you anymore. <laughs> That's why he went instead and terrorized Janeway in Voyager for a few episodes. <laughs> so... I don't think um, I was that like the last season of Voyager when Q showed up. No, Q showed up in like four episodes of Voyager and it was sprinkled throughout. Okay. I think the first time he showed up was in like the maybe second. I can't remember off the top huh. of my head, but he showed up a few times. He was in the first the 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 one episode of Deep Space Nine he was in was the first season. So it was still kind of gearing Cisco's less like I think the Q might have had a little bit more fun with uh, like later in the like 
fifth, sixth season uh, Cisco. He would have had more fun with that Cisco. Well, he should have waited. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, th- this will be great to see to see him again with Picard. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Looking forward to it. All right. <sighs> okay, I will stop rambling now. <laughs> Well, Ando, thank you for coming back and rambling at at me. And uh, oh, I love free. it here. I love coming on Nerdburger. Thank you for having me back, as always. You're welcome. Feel free to come back and ramble anytime. <laughs> so now's the point in the show where you tell us where they can find you. So um, I haven't done a whole lot of very public stuff recently because I've still just been finding my life here in Colorado. But you can still uh, can and should. <laughs> Check out, if you haven't already, my podcast, Shadows of a Dark Past, which is at uh, podchaser.com slash S-O-A-D-P podcast, which I'm sure Mike will have a link to in the description. I, I know it. Hint, hint, Mike. And if you just want to ask me any questions about anything, you can email me at endovalentine at gmail.com. And uh, Mike? Yes? Well, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next time on Nerdburger when um, did I schedule the next episode? Yeah. I don't know. Let me let me look at my when calendar. Mike may or may not have a special guest. <laughs> Oh, when Josh returns to tell us more about um, things that aren't lower decks or <laughs> that that other that other thing that he told us about that we referenced <laughs> or something. Snippy, snippy. <laughs> <laughs> that that is something I can do. <laughs> Got a lot of experience with that. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, editing the podcast, not performing back alley vasectomies. <laughs> Darn it! I can't. We can't use that joke. <laughs> well, I can. I can cut. I can put this in at the. I was thinking circumcisions, not vasectomies. That too. Which is even worse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's what you could do. Here's what you could do. You could. You we. You can. I, you know, have a little sort of like you know. Uh, like the record scratch and have yeah. you saying you know <laughs> something was said here that I wanted to edit out but then some really funny jokes came out of it that, and so in a meta way because we're talking about editing here's the jokes or scratch yeah nerd. or just scratch and go right into it with no explanation <laughs> and let people try to guess where it came from in the show yeah I do because that all the who time who needs context <laughs> exactly <laughs> Sometimes it's funnier without. So if you're hearing all of this and you have no idea why we're laughing at it, then, you know, there you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And now the show is over for good. We promise. (laughs) Bye. Oh.